Welcome to the Untitled Film Project Podcast. This time we talk about the God of Thunder, Thor, Love and Thunder. I thought he was the God of Hammers. Uh, I think he, he likes Hammers. Lord of Thunder, excuse me. Lord of Thunder, oh. but yeah, oh. he doesn't. <laughs> that's fair. I was going to rip him yeah. on his nerddom, but that's actually fair. The God of Hammers. <laughs> it's more like the Hammers a God of him. It is, Hammer. yeah. But uh, in this chapter Jealous of Hammers. Thor, uh, we pick up where... Endgame left off. Thor, his rock companion Korg, and the Guardians of the Galaxy crew head out to space to solve the universe's problems. But soon they separate so Thor can handle a new problem in the universe the god killing villain Gore, who is taking out Thor's contemporaries. Add in a dying Jane Foster, who in desperation reaches out to raise Thor's hammer and becomes She Thor. <laughs> mighty Thor, Jim. The Mighty Thor. The Mighty Thor. <laughs> the mighty... Dear God, are we starting off with that already? <laughs> Last time I uh, I worked out, I was Mighty Thor afterwards. <laughs> uh, initial impressions, Justin Bradford. Initial impressions. So this is where I, I went off. Uh, on some folks in my spoiler-free review that I tend to go with because the critics are tearing it up, and I'm seeing a lot of fans tear it up. And I think it's the problem is because of expectations and not understanding the direction that has to go when it comes to Thor. We are dealing with Norse mythology and gods and everything of that sort, and if you go uber-serious like Kenneth Branagh was trying to in the first mm-hmm. ones— you're not going to have a good movie. <laughs> you're just not going to have a good movie. You're going to have a movie that gets made fun of because they're trying to take it too seriously. I mean, look at the eyebrows on Thor in the first one. It's too serious of eyebrows, okay? gets made fun of. I enjoy the direction this is going because you're keeping it relevant. Also, the big thing is, too, Chris Hemsworth wants this direction for that character. He yep. wants this. This is what he wants. He didn't want it to be overly serious. Chris Hemsworth has fantastic comedic timing. He is so wonderful in this role for him. This is the way to get Natalie Portman back so we could have a character arc for Jane Foster as well, too. I overall really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was enjoyable. Great music. I mean, the, the soundtrack is so fun. It's it such is, a fun soundtrack great. of classic rock in there as well, too. And some just great comedic timing as well. Too. Plus, it moves the story a little bit with some of the, the credits that we'll talk about. But overall, I thoroughly enjoy this film jeremy kick over i loved the film as well i would love to sit here and <laughs> tell tear bradford to shreds but i really enjoyed thor love and thunder and i really I, I just really really liked it a lot i thought there was a lot to love about it uh well i know we'll get to our scores and all that stuff a little later in the episode but i i thought it was hugely enjoyable i will go watch it in the theater multiple times i got to see it on a during a media screening, so I got to see it on a, a smaller screen-ish, right? Sure. So I'll go see it in Dolby, and I'll go see it in IMAX. Or, you know, IMAX big, was fun. Big, big deal. Yeah, all that. Like, I will go, I will make a point to go do that. Whereas there's some other some other films that I've actually liked. I'm like, eh, you know, if I see it again, great. If not, no big deal. But this one is one I will make a point, once I have free time, to see again, <laughs> uh, either on the big screen, uh, big, big screen, or in Dolby, because I, I really want to immerse myself in this film again. I thought Christian Bale as uh, yes. Gore the... God hunter, God the God butcher, butcher. Thank butcher. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was just tremendous, and I was not worried because he's obviously an incredible actor, American Psycho, and I mean, you know, I loved him in Shaft. Even mm-hmm. I mean, like, like he's a <laughs> tremendous fighter, everything. Yeah, uh, yeah he's he's a, he's a tremendous actor. So it's not like I was like, oh, it's gonna be Batman, you know, not that. But I, <laughs> but I did wonder how they would, how he, how he would come across to me. 
because I haven't really seen really seen him in a whole lot since the Batman Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Plus, on top of that, I love that trilogy so much that I've watched it over and over and over again. So that is Batman to me. So when I when he comes on screen, obviously he's all you know. It's, he looks completely different, but you can still tell at moments that it's him. But I will say that most of the ferocious moments, I'll call them that. Mm-hmm. I I was completely I didn't care. Who it was. I didn't care that it was Christian Bale. I didn't care that I was associated with Batman. It was so good. So I, my main takeaway is I really enjoyed the film, and I do agree with Bradford that the Ooh. critics panning it, um, panning is probably a strong word, but critics uh, tearing it apart, I think is because, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, I'm pretty sure that it's because uh, critics have loved so many Marvel movies that they're almost looking to uh, for an excuse to not like one. I've got to change it up. I've got to give them. Yeah, some I can't continue to sandpaper. like. I mean, the Eternals is whatever. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not don't. No, no, I'm, no. I'm, no. Not, I'm not trying to trigger you, Bradford. No, I'm just not, saying, <laughs> you're not triggering me. Okay. Trust, so you're good. Uh, but we just my, ignore that. My go tos are, of course, are the for disappointments are the Hulk, Iron Man three, and the Eternals. Right. Those are the three that kind of just dark don't, world. <clears> and well, that's the only one I haven't seen actually. <laughs> only one I have not seen. So what? And it was just just now I'm triggered. Just accidental. So. <laughs> But so there's like there's like 32 of these things, right? Yeah. Uh, so to have a run of 90, whatever the quick math is, 94 percent of these MCU movies be just stellar, stellar. Yeah. It's they've got to. It's going to be a dud. They got to find something. I think. I think yeah. they're just tired of always liking it. That's what I think. They got they got to pick something apart so they stand out from the crowd too. If they remember, if critics think that the whole, that their peers are going to love it, they can make a name for themselves, if you will, by going against it. Sure. So, but I, now I think it's pack mentality. And before we get to Jim's real quick to plant the seed for later discussion, yes, one of the reasons why I think we're going to discuss this too is what we're seeing from directors in this phase of the MCU as well too. Kind of okay. lead, kind of carries into I'm that. Jim, that. your thoughts oh, yeah. before we get into all that. Well, you actually uh, you made a great segue here for uh, what I was going to say, which is uh, I think this is the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie where the director really mattered. Okay, everybody else, I think, with the exception of maybe, you know, Ragnarok, which was also Taika Waititi, right? Uh, He changed the tone a little bit. But still, most directors, whoever we get, you know, the director is not a subject of discussion. But with Taika Waititi, you are getting a very unique director's imprint on, you know, the Marvel Universe. And... I love Taika Waititi. I love what he did with uh, Ragnarok, which was Chris Hemsworth said he wasn't coming back unless it turned Mm -hmm. comedic. Uh, And it's, I think, one of my favorites. I love that movie. Uh, This time around, I don't know if he felt like he needed to turn it up a notch. Uh, I understand that, yeah, when you're talking about gods and the gods of gods that it, like you can either take it serious or you can go ridiculous. This was so over the top, unexpected. <laughs> the almost winking at you orbit commercial beginning of this film, <laughs> I it 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 rocked me. It shocked me, and it shouldn't have, but it did. And it took me about half of the movie to get over it. So was it the Jean Claude Van Damme split? <laughs> was was it was it that homage to him? Is that what ro- rocked you the most? Uh, always, <laughs> always. Can I just add to that just, and just say that? Yeah, I think Taika Waititi has 
I don't know if it's a confidence level because of how great Free Guy was and the Mando was sure. Mandalorian was a success. His episodes of that, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Okay, or if it's just him, he's been true to himself, and we as a public have just caught up. I'm not sure what it is, but I will say that he is the perfect director for this character's films. Yeah. And I will also say that he has a blase attitude about it. Like I think this is funny, or I think this is campy, or I'm gonna and I'm gonna lean into it. And if you don't like it, too bad. Well, what we do in the shadows. So look yes. at that. Yes, I mean, I've, yes. I've been true a fan since TV. then. Yeah, which is he's great. And you know, and there's a quote from when he did. Ragnarok that he said you know fans are going to freak out and he said they're going to say who's this guy he's going to take our precious Thor and ruin it and I was like (laughs) yeah exactly that's exactly my intention and I'm going to make it better you just don't know it yet and I think he was correct in that movie I don't know about Love and Thunder he turned it up 10 notches in my book I just want to say that I will disagree with you on one point, which is that sure. you said it was, this is the first movie. Well, I guess Thor the three and four, right? Are the first movies that like the the director really mattered? Yeah. Uh, I will say that I and I know I'm in the minority here. I totally get that, but I thought Joss Whedon doing Age of Ultron was extremely important. And I and I'll give wh- you that. whereas if if another director takes that, it's probably not as because that was really the first Marvel movie that I can remember leaning into comedy. Yes. But it's all throughout the movie. There's all these different things yes. and elements of comedy, but it's also action. And it was really the first time that I can remember in the MCU that, yeah, there's, of course, there's funny lines in every movie, but that was the first one that they really leaned into and said, no, 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 have fun. Do your Joss yeah. Whedon dialogue thing because it's great. Yes. And it really fits these characters. And I think if you pick somebody else, let's just call it Sam Raimi. I'm just picking that's a bad example, but if Sam Raimi does that movie, it's right. completely different. You're right, and so that, I will say that that's that's my one uh, nitpick of what you just said. And but I agree with you overall. And bef- be- before we move on, Joss Whedon is an a hole. Um, maybe so. <laughs> he maybe so. He's but, also brilliant. Just, well, that, I just want to make sure that the movie I, is so fun that and I, I love it that. so much, and yeah. I know that many listening are like, "That's one of the worst." Movies. I don't care what you. We, yeah, we go, Gover's that. office rocker. Right, and um, we can say the same thing about Christian Bale, who I oh, thought right, was yeah. amazing in this film in his personal life. It's difficult to work with. Uh, at best, that is the nicest thing <laughs> you can say. So, phase four in terms of directors, uh, you mentioned Sam Raimi, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. You see a lot of Sam Raimi elements. You, you're seeing what I'm seeing in phase four. Of the MCU is Kevin Feige giving more permission, yes, for directors mm-hmm. yes. to have more creative input to yeah, be themselves. Absolutely, you're seeing that, and th- this goes with so many different films in the MCU now because we see it in the Eternals. Love it or hate it, you see the colorful beauty of Chloe Zhao. Like, you, right. you see I agree with that, that I agree in with Eternals. That. Whether you like yes. it or not, you see her influence on that movie. Um, in Shang-Chi, you see so Destin good. Daniel Cretton. You see his influence on it. Not saying right. that another director couldn't have directed these films, but you're seeing their influence. But especially in Thor Love and Thunder, do yeah. you see Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi in it? Uh, <laughs> to the Taiki Waititi. That's, I mean, you truly yeah. do because you're seeing, like what you mentioned, his humor. You're seeing yeah. so much of his goofy take on things, but the goofy take is comic book accurate. It works. Yeah. So many things he does in this is true to character while not taking it seriously because you can't. I have a question for you guys. Uh, do you have friends that frown upon the fact that you guys are into Marvel movies and make fun of you for it because they're not into them? Do you no, have any Not of those? directly because they know they don't mess with me. 
Okay. Okay. I mean, they know better. <laughs> Hulk Hogan over here. I, uh, <laughs> Listen, brother. I, uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I okay. surround myself with nerds pretty happily. All right. I have a few friends that just completely don't, and they they don't. Do they like, bag on you? Well, you, just a little bit. They just say that they're not for them, and they won't watch the movies. And okay. when I saw the first, say, third of Thor: Love and Thunder where it went so cartoonish, mm-hmm. so comic book, <laughs> intentionally, that I think that if they walked in and saw that, they'd say, that's what I thought all these movies are, and there it is. So, like, the, I think some people are saying uh, that with the directors, uh, that giving them the license to go in these directions is to, uh, sending the universe off its rails. I've seen yeah. that said a lot. Yeah. And some people are saying, this is how you grow it. And you grow up beyond what you're used to. The same old formula that Marvel sort of had. There is a formula. But that's what I'm enjoying about letting these directors go because what you're also going to get as well are actors coming in wanting to work with these directors as well and wanting to do this. Natalie Portman was attracted to come back because of the direction that Thor was going. But I will give a counter to that, though, Bradford. You're right. You're absolutely correct. Okay, okay. This, you, have, you just gave two Hemsworth and Portman both would like to work with Taika Waititi. Who wouldn't? Okay, They, but, they all do, yeah. Yes, but I would also argue that if you sign on to do a Marvel project in this scenario and you're matched up with a director that you do not like, now you are no longer motivated to come. So I'm just... But I don't think that's going to happen as much because... Of course. I'm just saying that the, 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 actors, the flip side of the coin is also possible. But I don't think that's going to happen as much, especially now, because the actors are going to have a major role in who's directing the film, who's writing the film, that they're embracing that character. I mean, look at Chris Hemsworth. He has ownership over Thor. They're not as just should, gonna, by the way. They're not just yeah. going to throw in a director that he's not going to get along with. He's I totally get that. Say. So I'm I don't... I think I understand your point. Okay. But I just don't give that as much of a percentage of happening just because of how much power the actors have now in their say. Because when they're signing these long-term contracts, they are getting so much say and power in this. And that's Natalie Portman left for a reason as well, too. She did not want to come back because of the direction things are going. She had to be enticed to come back with this to give her character full arc, which I'm so appreciative of. Yeah, can we Can we talk about uh, what I feel are two other movies inside the main movie? Let's do so it. You've got Thor Matt Damon? and his story. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, we're shut getting up. to Matt Damon. Shut He up. had a movie. We're, 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 we're slowly, we're going to get there. Trust us, I, Justin Bradford. We will talk about Matt Damon, I promise you. Uh, we have two heavyweight actors. We have Natalie Portman and Christian Bale. Okay? Yeah, that's a good point. And when those two actors, when their story arcs are on the screen, we have a completely different film. Okay, we have Christian Bale as Gore, probably giving me the most convincing reason for somebody to become a villain. Like I completely, because because he held nothing back, and that movie, you know, that movie within a movie with Christian Bale was a dark tone, right? And obviously, literally and figuratively, like, yeah. similar to Killmonger, a, more sure. of a sympathetic villain because you understand why he made that turn, right? And it's right up top. Yes, I yep. mean the movie opens with boom. it. boom, exactly, <laughs> and it was incredible. It is. It was incredible. incredible. I was I was shocked by how well that was written and acted, uh, and when you have Jane Foster facing her own mortality, Jane Fonda, <laughs> Jane Fonda, Jodie Foster. <laughs> 
That was amazing, by the way. <laughs> and when she picks up Mew Mew, the you know the hammer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that uh, that was that was a totally different movie until she shows up into the comedic side again. So when they when they focused on them solely, I think they were very different movies. And this is a very Taika Waititi thing to do. I mean, he did the same thing. If you saw Jojo Rabbit, you know. He, he himself is playing a ridiculous form of Hitler <laughs> yes. talking to a young boy. But, you know, what he does is weave in another kind of movie into that same film where you get a, a, a slowly more nuanced look at hero worship. And this child realizes that Nazi Germany is Nazi <laughs> Germany. So, I mean, he does have the ability to put the, the dark and the really ridiculous together. Side note, and we're not going to get on a tangent on this, but I have to bring it up because of that Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. How do you pitch that? <laughs> I've always wondered how you go into a boardroom and you're like, all right, meeting. listen up. I got a great idea for a film, everybody. <laughs> Hitler and a boy. Ready? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But I'm weird. I'd sign on. I'd go, all right, all right, what do, what do you but want? But as a big production company, you're like, I'm yeah, not but touching through, that. Through the goofiness, Taika Waititi found a way to still give this film heart. Because oh, there was so much heart. So much in this heart film. because I felt so yes. many emotions. The little things for me, just like the the pinky holding with mm-hmm. Jane and yep. Thor yes. or the flashbacks. And here's what's here's what I think is going to be great about this is it's going to have ability to have standalone. Because of the flashbacks and Korg storytelling, there's a lot of folks that could yes. come in and watch this film without much backstory. They could still enjoy the film on its own which is a, which more is than a, a lot of other people. Which is an art form in and of its sense. Yes. In and of itself. Because there are only a handful of Marvel movies in the MCU. Because they all interlock and right. it's, it's, it's amazing. Right. But there's only a handful that stand truly stand on their own. Right. Iron Man is one. Black Panther's another. Sure. And I'm sure there's a couple more that I could think of. Sure. Without having to know, okay, that came from that All movie. All the backstory and, and yeah, you know, yeah, you can you can get away with, there's probably, I'm just going to guess without thinking much of it, five out yeah, of the yeah, 28 or whatever the number is, right. movies that, that you can watch coming in cold and you wouldn't necessarily be lost. Yeah. Uh, I think for the most part, I think you could do it. Yeah. Um, you accomplish that with heart, too. Yeah. You really, you truly accomplish that with having heart because you feel emotion. Anytime, there's a goofy moment, then all of a sudden- Bam! You're you're tossed right into emotion and feeling emotions, and you understand. Even though she was gone for a few years, you know they both have the different how many years they're counting. Which, by the way, fun fact: (laughs) the number that he says it's in the trailers. Whatever the number he says, that's the actual days between the release of the movie. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. So, but the little pieces of heart and the touches there is great with the writing and Taika Waititi understanding how to bring it back to the main, to center. Bring it back to center and the main theming of this as well, too, which is giving arcs to both of them. And when you think about this, too, how much Thor has lost and he keeps on going. We are seeing him just finding himself so much these past two films, and especially through Endgame, and what he's lost and having to continue on. And then that's why we'll get to the end. But in the end, you see him have a relationship with love and everything based around love, even though he's lost so much. That so much is yep. credit to Taika Waititi and the writing of this and how Chris Hemsworth and the direction they all have in pushing this character forward. Because he's lost so much, he could be a completely different type of character. Yeah, he lost his family, his entire kingdom, and all the people in it, and he has to create a new Asgard. Yes, he, he had... he was His one true love? He was, <laughs> yeah, he was truly emptied. The Thor character probably is right up there with the Scarlet Witch 
for a character that's that's good usually uh, <laughs> that <laughs> that has lost everything. Right. Because the Scarlet Witch, of course, you know, loses vision, and then she or loses her brother, and then she loses vision. Then her home, Sokovia, is gone, and then then she has a kids, and then and Wanda Vision, she's then they're had gone. A family, yeah. yeah. So and she loses all that, and then she's and then she she's possessing all these minds in this in Westview, and then she's got to get rid of that. So that way, but it sacrifices her kids again. I mean, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of different. There's loss. Her whole life is with is surrounded by loss. I would put Thor's character, although obviously a lot cheerer, but I would put Thor's character in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Wanda's lost more, but Thor yeah. losing his dad, and again the planet, and then the you know, and then and, and then with Thanos on the ship, losing all those people, and then Hemdall, and then I mean Loki several times, and then, so <laughs> there's just and then now Jane with the cancer and a thing that he can't fix, even though he's a god, like those kinds of things, like that is. It's, it's powerful he, stuff. It's, it's up there, and it's amazing, to your point, Bradford, that he can be as happy, if Through you all will. the goofiness all of, of the film, yes. there's still the underlying heart. Right. Right. And now, can we finally get to Matt Damon? Matt Damon. Okay, one of the... I think, I think the first time the theater burst out laughing uncontrollably was when we're seeing these... Community theater, amazing. Which is know, a callback, a caliber, by the way. But then we start identifying faces, and I, if I heard one person, I heard fifty people in the theater all whisper at the same time, "Oh my God, is that Matt Damon in that hair? He's playing uh, a clueless Loki on stage." Melissa McCarthy comes in as Helen. That She's was amazing. Just incredible. Uh, her real life husband, Ben Falcone is working the low-rent props as stage manager. <laughs> you got Sam Neill playing Odin. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's just in one scene. You have Discount can... Hemsworth as well. Right. Playing Thor. Discount, Discount Hemsworth. Luke, yeah. 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 That's, a, that's why it's so close. They that's, look so like... I know, but that's a that, great reference, though. Is that him? I like uh, it. it... No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's supposed to be look bad. It's supposed to look bad. The All special right. effects of that community theater production were, you know, out of this world. I think we're so great. <laughs> Especially Mjolnir. here. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> the strings being pulled. Uh, so, you know, that we have a whole bunch of cameos there. Uh, I would like to know your guys' impression of Russell Crowe coming in and playing Zeus, the god of gods. Uh, what did you think of it? And did it, uh, I guess, did he live up to your expectations? Did he play it the way he was supposed to? What do you think? So for me, the best part was when he lifted up his skirt, go down the stairs. Uh, <laughs> that was like, funny. It was perfect, like, that was awesome. true laughter. But it plays into that role when I think Zeus and so many of the gods now, they're just like, meh, whatever. They're in whatever mode. And he played off that so well because the main discussion arc for this is the orgy. Mm-hmm. That's all they're concerned about. Not concerned about their followers. They're not concerned about people praying to them right. or anything like that. They're just concerned about their own lives, living in their own bubble. And I think he played off that whew, attitude so, so well. And that's what I appreciate because it's leading into so many other things when he is almost killed about they need to fear us again and everything. It's like, dude, you did it to yourselves. All the gods right. have done it to themselves to you where they don't have respect Narcissistic a-holes. Yes. You just, you don't, I mean, this is where, you know, there are whispers, and uh, that is a small Easter egg, if you really dig deep, uh, of Gore was right. Right. He was right to do it. They yeah. deserved it. And even though they were scared, they still were doing nothing. Am I scared? Yeah, I'm scared, but we're good. 
we're good. We stay here. We're good. I mean, Arrogance. he was pulling it off as like the Italian mobster that just is in full denial of right. everything. That is that his whole empire is falling, but he's not going to do anything about it because he himself, we're good. We're good. Just denial, denial, denial is all it was. And I, I liked how they played it like that because when you look across the span of it, well, wait. Bow God is not in denial because he's so cute and precious. <laughs> and there better be a Funko Pop of Bow God. That was a great, like there better that was a great be. moment. By the way. It, was, it was great. I was it like, was, oh, it's it my awesome. God, yeah. Bow. Uh, but but it just I think it plays off so well of leading into it. I mean, they're addressing so much that I think we can talk about in real life as well too about how so many people are, are society and looking at deities and every. There's so many. Other deeper meanings we could really dive into if we wanted. Oh, well, sure. That's what I was, was going to say. Lower class. There's all kinds yeah. of things. Yeah, Russell Crowe. What did you think? Well, I was gonna say, that's what I was going to say. I wouldn't take it to deities necessarily, although that certainly is you on could. the table. Yeah, I, I'm. I think of it more as uh, government. Yes. So there's yes, a there's sure. a there's a, a symbolic suggestion, if you will, that or at least I'll put it this way. There's a relatable analogy there to everyday government officials who care about only their ivory tower and then really yeah, nobody else. All the fun unless they're, they're get. unless they're pushed beyond a breaking point. Just worried about their orgy. Yeah. <laughs> that too. So I so I, I thought that was I thought that was really remarkable how they did it. Uh as far as uh you know, Russell Crowe, he surprised me mm-hmm. because he's always such a serious actor. And again, great, great actor. Sure. Uh, always such a serious actor. So for him to do the skirt thing, that was really funny. Uh there's just there, there were bits and pieces there. I did think it was, and I know they're setting it up, but I, I did think he was underutilized. Really? Yep. Uh, I thought they could have done a little bit more with him. That being said, I'm not. I didn't leave I'm the sure theater there's thinking plenty that. Deleted scenes because they've talked no, about that. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm sure, there's, there's more there. Uh, and then, of course, the the post credit scene, which I'm sure we'll get to. Right. You know, yes. So there's more coming for him, I'm sure. But I thought, man, you're bringing in Russell Crowe, and you get. Seven minutes of screen time. It just didn't seem right to me. Can we jump ahead to the uh, final post-credit scene? Mm-hmm. While we're on it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Brett Goldstein, actor from, if you watch Ted Lasso, he's Roy Kent. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. Yep. He is introduced into the universe as Hercules and as a, a foil to Thor, that they are going to go at it. Also uh, makes me wonder, because I have this burning question, Mm -hmm. Uh, if you've seen any of the press for Thor Love and Thunder with Natalie Portman, she has talked about a scene being in the movie being the most beautiful thing she has ever seen on film, and they made that, they filmed that scene in a Best Buy parking lot. But it's got green, green screen and all that, I guess, is what they use there. She does not identify what the scene is. What was the scene? Did the scene end up end up on the cutting room floor? I would think it'd be eternity. It could be. That's where I would think with the, with the water and everything. That's what that would be my thought. I have to see it again to even have a clue. Yeah, I, I am going again for a uh, second viewing because I do need to. Uh, I there's need a so third. much to take in. <laughs> in uh, and I highly encourage yeah. anybody, whatever you thought of it, go see it again. Like, unless you really hated it, because there is way more than the human mind can catch up to yes. in one viewing. Let's, let's before we get to our, our things, we have so much more to discuss, but quick hits. Um, King Valkyrie, jamming the family affair. <laughs> Jay Blige. Yeah. 
<laughs> love that. Seeing more of her personality come through even more so how being a leader. And yes. what I enjoyed, too, was so funny, with my wife sitting there watching, and they pan out from New Asgard with cruise ships and everything. And my wife blurts out, I'm not used to blurting things out, it's a cruise port! <laughs> like, they sold out to be a, a destination for cruises and everything. I thought that was hilarious with Infinity Cones. Yeah. Those things. That was awesome. Infinity that was awesome was how they're just owning that with rides on the ships and everything, too. Yes. Um, but but I did, did enjoy that. I enjoyed Mighty Thor, Natalie Portman, riding in on Aragorn. And that's how she got to mm-hmm. the final battle um, right outside of Eternity, how she rode in on that. Um, I, I just want to make sure we, we give them some of their due justice because they're important pieces in this film of showing strong female characters and giving Jane Foster a, a true arc and seeing the fight that she had and how she's still fighting for what she believes in with science and for the world and trying to discover new things, trying to get back to the lab no matter what, but also how Mjolnir took upon what Thor said to always protect her and yeah. making sure she was worthy and that Jane Foster was worthy to be a Thor. And that yep. speaks so much of her character and how they were both discussing that they both wanted to save the world, but they're doing it in different ways. And yep. that shows the worthiness and the value of both of those people, both those characters as well, to the MCU. Just an off-the-wall stream of consciousness take. One of the most enjoyable scenes for me uh, was you know, when they flash forward to Thor trying to get his new adopted daughter <laughs> out the door with the right shoes on. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I don't think there was a parent who saw that that didn't feel that. At a visceral level, like, I am the god of thunder, but I can't get this kid to do what I want. I, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was awesome. It was comedically just a treasure. Another one, um, Axel Heimdelson. Yep. Yeah. Seeing him, like, they're they're keeping it going. Right. Keeping it going. I do like that because they're, they're, again, building, they're planting seeds for future potential of what those characters yep. could become if they decide to go that way. They don't have to. But they're planting so many great seeds. They're setting up. This, they're setting up the Young Avengers. Totally, and totally so that, are, yeah. that's hopefully he's a part of that. Yeah. I, my last quick hit is that I in, in the uh, I think it was a mid credit scene. I'm pretty sure she goes to Valhalla. She's met by Hemdall. That was awesome. It that was, was so fantastic. great. It was a very and gratifying moment because that's a character that I thought we was speaking of uh, you know Zeus. That's a character I thought was far underutilized. In oh, the films. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would li- love him to have his own movie or his own no, series. Yeah. What a w- so great. But we need to get to our ratings. Yes, we do. As okay. well for this. All right. Jim, how about you kick us off? It's fresh for you, buddy. So I got to tell you, this, this is one of the hardest movies for me to give a rating on. Mm. And I am going to push myself and I'm going to give you the rating I don't want to, but I feel I need to. Okay. Because... Even though the parts of this movie were great in their own way, tonally, it was a little bit of a train wreck for me. As much as I love the director, I love what he does, I think I'm going to give this a 5.5. Not expecting that. And that's from a guy who's going to go see it again and really had a great time. But let's be clear. You can love a movie. Swingers is my go-to example. Sure. Not a great film. Sure. Matter of fact, it's borderline bad. But right. it's I've watched it 120 times it's in my so life. It's so enjoyable. So good. Yeah. But these are so personal good. ratings, right? Yeah. I mean, well, they're personal but, ratings, and I'm I'm also gonna give you know I'm gonna give a little more of the art house score always. That's just where I, I am. will always give the quality score. I'm never gonna because if if it's just movies I like, I'm gonna pick a bunch of garbage movies sure. that nobody cares for and give them tens, and then I'm gonna go the other way. 
with masterpieces. I'm like, yeah, it's boring. I don't watch it again. Three. Well, I'm giving right. my personal rating. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> but I'm just, going that for right. context yeah. for the audience, no, right, I am always going to give the quality score. Like, if I think it's a and, quality film, and or that's not. your personal rating. And that's correct. Yeah, and so usually what? Gover's quality is crap. See, here we go. <laughs> so what is your personal so usually, rating, Jeremy? K. My Gover. personal rating is a six point five. Again, uh, really loved I it. Thought you would have gone higher. No, really loved it. Boy, I'm really the outlier. Here. I'm gonna, yeah, get over it. Oh, I can't yeah, wait. I, I, <laughs> Matt the, Damon lover. It's, <laughs> it's, Matt Damon. it's not a groundbreaking film. There's nothing in it that's gonna mm-hmm. earth be earth shattering. But it's so enjoyable, so rewatchable, so fun. That you're giving it that low of a score? Yes, because it's not a brilliant film. It's not a brilliant movie. There, we, there are several movies in the MCU that garner an A- minus for me, or a 9, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to actually translate it to. This is not one of them. This is just another MCU movie that was super enjoyable and good, but not great. But I will go Shocker. see it several times. That is, I, I expected me from me. But not you from you. Always, I'm not, no. <laughs> All right, Justin Bradford, score this film. Okay. I can't wait for this. No, just based on what you said. Just uh, right, yeah, I'm sure you can't wait for it. So <laughs> when I am He's gonna make me wait for judging it. a film and giving it my score, I'm judging it on enjoyable. I'm judging it on story. I'm judging it on plot. I'm judging it on if I enjoyed the music <laughs> because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Can we t- before you... St- I'm not ripping on you for the trust me. I just usually music is my cue to jump in and like sure. blast. Yeah, it is. No, not this time. But I will say that to, for you to be earlier in the show, which I didn't get a chance to say because I want to break and uh, tear you off. You, you said, "Oh, the soundtrack is just so good. It's just a greatest hits Guns and Roses album." Uh, it's not like oh, no, no. I mean, there's other no. There's, there's other more. examples. We also I, get an Enya only time. No, no, in no. There. I, I get that. Mary <laughs> J. Blige, Ciara. Sure, but but as a whole though. Hey, ninny, nonny. Okay, at least half. Of the, that was a great one, by the way. At least <laughs> half of the soundtrack is just classic Guns N' Roses. It's not at least stuff. half. It's like just under half. <laughs> it's four Guns N' Roses songs. Okay, carry on. What you're okay, saying. your rating? <laughs> Gover doesn't want to interrupt me again. <laughs> he Jeez. promises. I had to get it on the look, record. But look, it's not just about Guns N' Roses in there. It's about songs fitting yes. where yes. they fit I in certain things. Now, granted, in Ragnarok... Could there have been a different song when Thor's coming from the palace <laughs> down to the to, to Bifrost? There could have been other songs, but it fits so well yeah. to have the music in there. And that's what I think is key for me in movies that are utilizing popular music like this is does it fit the moment? Does it draw an, a, an emotional reaction from the audience? Whether that's laughing or crying or like, yeah, any of those emotions, that's what's key for me when and you're going to use And not just the riffs. Songs. That's very important. The right. lyrical content the lyrical of the content. song. Does it have the... Okay, just like... Stranger Things, Running Up That Hill, yeah. Kate Bush, there is a full-on reference and meaning behind the lyrics to that song and yes. why they're using it in Stranger Things. It's not because it sounds cool, it's because Although that it, helps. Helps. Meaning. Yes. it has a meaning that directly correlates meaning. to what's going on. Yes. A full meaning. Agreed. And so I think Taika Waititi has done this so well to incorporate music, and typically you know I'm talking about scores, this is about the soundtrack. Michael Giacchino does great with the right. score, he's awesome. done so yeah. many right. with <laughs> this whole movie season, but that's important for me is... is is it just placing this in there because it's funny or fun? No, there's meaning behind so many of these things and how they connect it. But more than that, for me, with my rating, is the heart behind this and seeing a true reaction from Thor. Because while he is goofy, there is so much care, there's so much love, there's so much that he wants to accomplish in finding himself again of who he truly is after all this loss, and that he has love again for a brief moment in time and loses it. How he's going to react, he becomes a dad. 
and we see all those reactions. Mm-hmm. That for me draws deeper meaning. And while people will maybe off it as, yeah, it's great. It's I, I'm going to watch it so many times, but I don't think it's a a, a quality film. I think there's underlying meanings to it that just because you laugh a lot does not mean it cannot be quality for me. Quality, what I'm looking for is does it draw emotion from me to make me want to talk about it more and encourage others to watch it more and find deeper meanings in it. That's why I give it a nine. A nine. We have disparity on the panel. You do realize a nine is like a near perfect film, right? No, a near perfect film would be a 9.5. Okay. Uh, it's pretty darn close. Okay, uh, so, we have different ways that we sure. rate stuff. Go. I understand. Side that. rating. What do you give Matt Damon? <laughs> <laughs> I give Matt Damon a seven point five. <laughs> I give Melissa McCarthy a ten. By the way, because because yeah. look how much she denied being in this, and I was like, no, two, you're in it. The yeah. two actors, Matt Damon and Discount Hemsworth, being in that in those roles of the community theater, right? Like they were they were that in Ragnarok, and it was hilarious. Yep. But to add the wrinkle of Melissa McCarthy bursting through, that was so awesome. I just can't. And I can't. She, and she embraced it with the enthusiasm of, course. of, of <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Oh, and only man. she can do. Yeah. So great. Awesome. So, yeah, we, we'll get, I think we can. I'll give her a 10 as well. Yeah, she She's was just fantastic. Phenomenal. It's time in the Untitled Film Project podcast for us to ask a question. And this week's question comes from Jeremy Gover. Okay, guys, here's the deal. First of all, I'm very, very, very excited to hear what the listeners think on this one. Because this got (laughs) sprung on me as a total accident. And I could not wait to get into the studio this week and talk about it with you guys. I'm excited. What is your favorite movie theater hack? Okay, so, like, is, I mean, I, I, I don't want to give I anything away or circumvent any answers, but I'll just say that mine has to do with eating. So, mm-hmm. I, it just something that you do maybe every time you go to the theater or whenever available. You right. go to the theater, and it's just something that you do. Maybe you get side eyes from different fans or employees or something like that for, and people kind of look at you kind of strange, and you're like, <laughs> back off, I know I'm a genius. I mean, something like that. Like, what is your, what is your thing? Jim, I'll, I'll start with you. I know my theaters. And if I know that the weather is going to suck on the way out of the theater, okay, you see the storm clouds coming mm-hmm. as you're going into the theater. I park at the weird unknown exit of the theater <laughs> right next to the exit. Because usually there's nobody parked there. They're all parked where the, you're, they're selling the tickets, okay, or the main the entrance Closest to the, to the front door as possible. Yeah, that's where everybody yes, wants to right, go. Yes, that's what I'm saying, right. Yes. And instead... I prefer a little bit of a walk on the way into the theater, but when I get out of the theater, I go out the back doors of the theater, and my car is right there. Interesting. So you're using foresight as yes. your hack. My, my yeah, exactly. But you know, but in fairness, though, you'd have to know the layout of the theaters, right? So you'd have to know. Yes. Okay, Jim knows I'm in, theaters. I'm in theater eight, and so therefore that exit is over here because the exits, <laughs> to my knowledge, yeah. are not marked. Right. So you just have to know which one. It you is. just have to know. So it's a little trial and error. Okay. Go out the the back exits of your favorite movie theater. Just try it. But have you ever ended up in Narnia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a random door. And <laughs> like, oh, what's through here? Oh, Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> right? Right? Oh, who knows? Uh, yeah. Uh, magical land? I'd take it. It's a good trade-off. So that's my hack is uh, nowhere to park after the movie. Okay. And uh, quite often uh, you'll have uh, like a 10-second walk if it's pouring rain. 
You're all good. <laughs> Justin, what is yours? Okay, so mine is related to food as well. Okay. It's, a, it's a double whammy here. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, thing the, two, I, the two bigger the guys two, chose food. Uh, surprise, surprise. Ooh. We saw that coming. <laughs> Me. Uh, <laughs> so AMC, which obviously there's AMCs all across the country sure. and the world, uh, has a subscription bucket for popcorn uh, that you can get. And here's the thing I've noticed, though. You have to go and get them at a classic they do not sell them at regular AMCs. Really? Yeah. Now, but you can Ooh. refill these buckets at a regular. You at just can't really AMC. purchase. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because AMC Classic bucket. I'm like, come on. So we missed the window this past year, and my wife Alex bought two buckets off eBay, so I could <laughs> share wow. one with a friend. <laughs> and she ended up only paying forty dollars for the two buckets, which was about the right price anyways. Okay. Because buckets, because it's only four fifty to refill these buckets. Mm-hmm. So the whole year you think about how much a regular or a large popcorn costs, like eight, nine dollars, right? Fifty yeah. percent off adds up pretty quickly. I'm sure in LA and New York there are more. Oh absolutely. Right. So my hack, it's not really a hack, it's more just a preference, because I know me, I'm the only one that eats the popcorn out of the two of us. I'm not going to finish a whole bucket myself. I, okay. I'm not oh, really oh, I, oh, I- I, I typically am not. I, no, I, I do. Because I, I also have like. <laughs> I need no help. I'll have everybody. candy. I'll have something else along with that. So okay. What I, oh, so you mix it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I rely strictly on the popcorn. So <laughs> what I do, though, is I ask them, and this is where, like you said, side eye or weird looks, I ask them to fill it up three quarters of the way full. Yeah, there you go. And the reason I do that is like one for waste, but two, when I'm putting my butter topping, butter flavored topping, because it's not actual butter. We all right. know it's oil. Right. Uh, when I'm putting it on there, I can shake it and not have spillage. So I can get every single kernel in there covered because if it's full you can't shake it as much and then you're just shaking the fat in your stomach and you just look like all the time so i want to look like you belong is what you're saying yeah so i want to make sure i'm covering all the popped popcorn and you can only do that when you have a little bit of space to shake it around just like when you're sauteing vegetables you want that it's the wrist action yeah it's on the wrist that's it's not necessarily hack just a preference my other one is the coca-cola freestyle machines Mm -hmm. I will not use the preset cherry or cherry vanilla. I will do, if I want Coke Zero, I'm going to do three quarters of the way full of Coke Zero. Then I'm going to do a spritz or like an eighth of cherry and an eighth of vanilla. That's my personal preference of mix. Your movie soda cocktail. Yes, because I don't. I think the other versions are too sweet on the cherry and the vanilla. I just want those hints okay. of cherry and vanilla. Interesting. So, But that's what the freestyle's for. So you can mix it up. You can do your do you, full-on you mix the, or what. sniff the glass before you taste? Oh, I, I look for good feet and everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, legs, sorry. Around. Legs, not feet. <laughs> no wow. free feet in this podcast, no, 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 folks. No, no, no. No. <laughs> that's very interesting that you have, well, first of all, you have two. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, mine is something that I learned very recently from a friend of mine. Shout out to Richard. Okay, it's a light bulb moment. So, for okay, so like Bradford, like and we've we haven't been to too many movies together, actually. No, we really haven't. Uh, three, four max. A Spring Hill classic for an old well, married that. couple. Yeah. You would have thought you guys saw a lot of well, movies together. We need our distance. Okay, so <laughs> I bring the popcorn bucket, and I have it filled all the way, like anybody usually does. But I, like Bradford, though, I go get the butter oil, and then I get the salt. Yep. And I put the salt on, and I throw that away, and then I sit there and shake the bucket until it, there's there's a good. You know, good ratio. Yeah, good ratio. Right, and I, there is some spillage, but it's not. I'm usually covering it. I look like an idiot. This is, this is you're holding it, and you're shaking it with one hand wrapped around it like a like a shield. You know, so it doesn't fall. <laughs> it looks dumb. But my point is, is that my friend Richard, I'm doing that, okay, and he comes over and he goes, uh, and he goes, oh, just do it this way, and he got an extra straw from oh, the, the concession stand. Okay, I don't, I don't know this. Shoves trick. it in the middle of the popcorn like a drinking straw, pours the butter down the straw. So it's all throughout, and then he moves the straw up gradually as it goes away. 
And then, the, the, but I just don't know if that really, really works and covers the popcorn as much as shaking it. I don't Does, either, but it looked awesome, and I hadn't thought it of it before. Awesome. Okay. It's okay. a little more elegant than the convulsions that you were describing, Justin. Right. Elegant? You have an oily straw that you have to pull out. <laughs> I really, for a second there, thought, pour all the butter in you can and just start drinking from the straw. <laughs> that's, that's, really, I, I, yeah, that's where I thought the straw I know we're was big, okay, but we're not that big. <laughs> uh, maybe a little big. <laughs> so if anybody has... Theater hacks. Going in the movies, you need to share those with us, and we can share them with everybody else, because everybody's found a secret. This uh, wraps up the Thor Love and Thunder edition of the Untitled Film Project podcast. So how can people weigh in with their own thoughts and vehemently disagree with us? (laughs) Make sure you go. On Facebook, give us a follow uh, on Total Film Project, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to there. You can go there. And we love it. We love seeing interactions. I'll give a shout out. Lance, Lance yeah. thank you so much yep. for listening and for taking the time to put out your thoughts on Facebook. And that takes time to put your thoughts out like that. And we truly, truly appreciate it because it means yeah. you're truly paying attention. You've listened to our thoughts. And whether you agree with us or not, that's what's important is that you're finding a way to interact. And we do read all of that. We do. We love it. We love reading your reactions, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, whatnot. Please interact with us. We want to hear your thoughts on these films. I love on to our questions. the conversation. Keep it up. But also, make sure you subscribe to us and give us some reviews on iTunes, on Spotify, Tell on iHeart, wherever. It. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe. That's what's going to help us grow and help continue to provide you with great content as well. Because, folks, we have so many wonderful ideas of what we want to bring you when it comes to movie discussions. That's all I'm going to tease right now. But we can accomplish that even more so when you continue to support us. So and please do that. And if you're thinking, what could they possibly do that other podcasts haven't done? Just wait. <laughs> just if you know who we are, wait. come on now. Just wait. Come on. Get mad. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.